Welcome to Better Food Stories, a show that celebrates real food and the people and companies who make it. I'm Audrea Greenhoff, and in this interview series, I'm sitting down with the entrepreneurs behind some of today's newest and most innovative food brands out there to find out what it really takes to make it in this highly competitive space. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Better Food Stories. Thank you so much for joining me. I am your host, Audrea Greenhoff. And in today's interview, I am sitting down with Darren Allenly, the founder of another Chicago-based food startup, Square Roots Kitchen. Square Roots Kitchen is a fast casual restaurant located in downtown Chicago that's using technology to make eating healthier and a whole lot easier. In my conversation with Darren, you'll learn how he went from hedge fund manager to food entrepreneur, how Square Roots Kitchen is combining fresh food and technology in a truly unique way, how Darren and his team have created different recipes to suit so many different dietary needs, and how Darren thinks technology is impacting the future of food. As always, you could check out all the interviews by following me on Medium at Audrea Greenhoff or on my website, audreagreenhoff.com. Now on to my interview with Darren Allenly from Square Roots Kitchen. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to be here. Let's just jump right into it. And why don't you tell me a little bit about who you are and what your brand Square Roots Kitchen is all about? Absolutely. Square Roots Kitchen is a fast, casual, healthy brand focused on uh, a variety of diets, but really giving consumers a great experience, both in the food ordering process and the customizations that we can offer to a wide variety of different dietary needs and allergens, as well as uh, tastes, but also just offering really great fresh food. We're making sure that every ingredient we put together is top notch, and then ultimately every entree we serve is also of, of that same caliber. So tell me a little bit about you and your role in, in the business. So I am the founder and CEO. So I, I pretty much came up with this idea from, from the start and I've been operating it ongoing ongoing all the way through. In terms of the inception, this idea definitely came out of my need and desire to be ordering meals catered to my diet, which in, in my case is a low-carb diet. But as I started to really look into the concept, I realized that what healthy means to everyone is can be very different. So for me, that's low-carb. That could be vegetarian, vegan, low-fat, low-calorie, all kinds of stuff out there for different people. And that's where I really started to think that there, we were onto something with, with this idea. Um, so from there, my whole role in, t- in this in entirety has really been getting this thing off the ground, running, and then continuing to operate at a sustainable level, uh, hopefully at some point without me in the weeds on operations every day, and I can start really focusing on the executive level stuff and growing the brand. How does one go from, or how did you in particular go from, I see this need that I have, I have this idea. So what was, I guess, the first thing that you did to sort of start setting those wheels in motion? The fortunate thing in my case is that this wasn't my first business. So I had a little bit of a roadmap in terms of how to bring a product to market. My other business was definitely smaller scale and much lower in complexity. It was a, it is an ongoing business of uh, earplugs for concerts called Downbeats. It has been relatively successful for the uh, investment I made in it. But as I started to see what this next concept was looking like, the complexity was definitely much higher. So while we have the food component and that in and of itself can be a huge challenge, we were also then bringing in the technology aspect. And that's something that really hadn't been applied in in food in the way that, that we wanted to in terms of an all-encompassing 
you know, kitchen management system. The first thing that I did was really just start just a ton of market research. So I wanted to understand both sides of that. What were the players in the food space and how would I be competing against them? But then separately, what are all the players in the technology space? And maybe in, at that point, especially, we had considerations around, do we want to compete with people or do we want to try to leverage something that's existing and use that for our own? But as I started to go along with the research, I found that what was out there in terms of off-the-shelf technology products really didn't have the expansive database functionality, I think is the, has been the key in really developing our technology side. So from there, of course, there, we then really had a choice, which was, do we want to build a technology product and then hope to raise money for a restaurant? Or do we want to build a food product and then bolt on technology to that later? And I've always believed with any business, getting revenue and getting customers from day one is going to be your biggest indicator of possible success in the future. And that's the route I went with it. That started in the beginning of January of 2016. And then we really started to hone in on, have we had a pretty sizable run rate about a year later. And then we were getting our funding within the beginning of 2017 to line up our store opening in the beginning of 2018. Every step along the way, especially with a business that's as involved in this, there's a learning opportunity every day, pretty much. Yeah. And to that point, there's different things to keep in mind because so so one is the food definitely and meeting Mm -hmm. those diet and allergy needs of your customers and then Mm -hmm. you talk about the design aspect of the actual spaces and then the technology so how has the whole like your core branding and core brand story how has that influenced what you're putting on the menu and how you're designing um the space yeah that's very that's a very good question you know, related to the food, the one thing we wanted to do was have, uh, you know, the first word is square. And we meant to imply that to mean that we are balanced across all kinds of tastes and diets. The things that we offer on our menu, both in terms of at the ingredient level for any build your own stuff, as well as the macro level, whether that's a spring bowl or a Southwest salad or something along those lines. The thing that we've always wanted to do with that is make sure that we're offering a mix of items so that someone can create something that fresh from scratch, if that's really what they're they're looking for, if something unique. Mm-hmm or that we're offering in those full entree levels of something that has a little bit for everybody. We just rolled out our cowboy steak salad in both salad wrap and bowl form that's just packed full of protein and has a ton of tasty ingredients in it um, with the steak, bacon, and avocado that's really designed to target that that consumer who might be looking for something extra filling. Um, But as you move into the design and the technology and all that, so much of that is influenced around we want this to be fast, we want it to be easy, um, there's definitely some advanced features that, that the super user can dig in on, but we want, we want it to be accessible for someone to walk in f- from the street, be able to order something within a few seconds and have it made for them, you know, in a, in a, just a matter of minutes. Now you have uh, a location in Chicago. Yes, yeah, so we have one right now and we're working on, uh, our second and possibly third locations and in, in sort of a quick order thereafter. Those are probably both going to be in Chicago as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because there is, there's definitely a network effect around each market. So you can build up a few different stores and have your brand in a few different places that are tackling a different segment of the, the, the foot traffic area because that's so powerful in an urban city like Chicago, as well as some of the different life cycles of eating. So heart of downtown Chicago, where evening traffic dies off, is, is definitely going to be a Monday through Friday kind of operation. But we also do are in a neighborhood. So we, we are open seven days a week here. Uh, and and really offering both lunch and dinner as well as sort of a weekend crowd. That it's definitely there's a different um, you know marketing opportunity there. I'm curious to 
find out your opinion with the growth of, you know, the whole like virtual restaurant model and all of the delivery apps. How do you think that that's affecting the restaurant industry in general? Do you think it's been a positive influence? I think it's a positive influence for brands that are willing to get on board with that. And we are definitely one of those. Mm -hmm. We do get a pretty high volume through a lot of those channel providers like Honey Reads or Grubhub or, you know, similar stuff in the catering markets, things like that. And then we're using that to leverage that, to leverage those users that are already seeing us to try to get them onto our platform and sort of get them off of the, the, the channels that are charging us pretty substantial fees for that consumer access. But in any facet, though, they're out doing a lot of the marketing work. And while you pay them a cut, they've, they've done the work of getting these customers on their platform and, you're getting ac- and we're getting access to that in a way that would be very expensive for us to do on our own. I do think that the, uh, the shift there, it's, it's, very, it's palpable, especially in a, in a market like Chicago, where I can essentially be at home and order anything I'd like with about, you know, a $5 delivery charge. Mm-hmm. That's definitely, um, you know, from, an, again, from these providers that are doing this already, that's definitely noticeable. And we have to be competitive in the delivery market for our direct deliveries in the same way. You know, we can really own our our little bubble. And, you know, that's probably a two block radius, give or take. But beyond that, you sort of have to rely on a channel partner in some fashion, whether that's a delivery partner that we're using for our own stuff, or understanding that, people are going to be using the Ubers of the world. Let's go back to the food um, offerings that you guys have. How is your menu? So you guys have salad, wraps, I'm on your website now, bowls, all kinds of things. How has your menu and your offerings changed from the beginning of the business to now? Has it changed a lot or um, has it changed at all? Uh, yeah, it has. It's it's expanded. We started with a very limited menu. There was probably three of each each item, salad, wrap, and bowl. And we went with a pretty limited ingredient set at first just because we were getting off the ground. But from there, we found, you know, we saw some success and we were able to sort of expand those offerings. And we tried to do that in a way that was very additive to what we were initially offering. So, um, you know, maybe in the case of, for instance, we recently launched the cowboy steak that a uh, varietal that I was referring to earlier, um, that that didn't take a lot for us. We were able to sort of recalibrate or use existing ingredients, and all we had to really do was add a buttermilk ranch, which we didn't have before, um, and that offers a new sauce for people on the build your own side, as well as a new flavor profile related to this uh, new sort of heartier dish. And I think that what we're looking for frequently is we're listening to our customers and understanding what are they looking for. So in this case, we kind of heard that, oh, there's not really anything on here that's just like super hearty for us. Mm-hmm. And that's a certain demographic, but we wanted to be able to offer something for them. Um, the next thing that we're looking to expand on, we have a, we have some recipes already made. But we're going to add a sliced grapes as well as a, a raspberry balsamic vinaigrette and uh, be able to offer more of a fruit, fruit forward salad dish um, with our Sonoma salad that should be launching, launching closer to the fall. That sounds delicious. I'm looking at the cowboy one right now on your website. And it looks really good. Yeah, it's super tasty. I'm, I've I've definitely, uh, you know, it's one of those that I think that the staff had kind of been making those on their own for a while, mm-hmm. and then we we just sort of really put it into a, a formal dish, and it's it's been popular so far. So I'm curious about that too. How are some of these creations getting made? Are you just seeing? 
sort of what your customers are ordering or are you guys kind of playing around in the kitchen? How is the process of that? I always think that you should listen to your customers first and foremost. We're using what they're doing early to then inform how we want to necessarily play around in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So for instance, another trend that we've seen, a lot of people like to add quinoa to their wraps and their salads. And I think that's something that we're definitely going to look to do um, looking past the um, Sonoma salad as our probably winter dish. You know, anything like that, we're listening to the consumer first and then we're, we're figuring out a way to, to, to address their needs. What do you think has been the most surprising thing about this entire venture starting Square Roots Kitchen? It's a really good question, actually. I knew this would be a challenge, but I think the most surprising thing has just been there is an elevated amount of input that goes into running a nine-hour-a-day operation versus a purely catering-based operation that we were before. But there's definitely a lot more that goes into running your own store. Let's talk a little bit about you and your background. So you said Square Roots Kitchen is actually your second business. Did you (laughs) always know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur from early on? Or is this kind of a surprising, um, you know, path that you've gone on? I will say this has been a little bit more of a divergence from what I initially intended my career to be. Mm -hmm. While I worked in food all growing up as a as a means of income just to get myself through college and high school and all that it was exactly that it was a means to an end for me my original goal in life was to be a hedge fund manager and while i did pursue a career in that in that field and achieved a decent amount of success uh the world changed a lot post 2008 and the dream of managing money especially uh at an institutional level the the barrier to entry from getting between that $10 $10 million small fund range up to that $100, $200 million in assets under management level, the hurdles between those became enormous. And it just didn't seem like that appealing of an option for me, given uh, given sort of what I saw in the, in the field post-2008. And then I kind of thought, okay, well, maybe I want to move down channel a little bit from maybe investing in publicly traded stuff more towards the private equity venture capital space. The feedback I got a lot of people, though, was that, you know, the finance background's helpful, but there's a lot of people out there that want to be in this world that uh, that have the same background and um, honestly are probably younger, more trainable, don't have six or seven years of experience that we have to compensate them for and all that sort of stuff. So the best route that, I've, that I was coached on was um, finding success in an entrepreneurial venture, whether as an employee or a founder. And uh, getting that experience would help inform my ability to maybe go work at a venture capital firm. And it was around then that I was kind of kicking around thoughts on ideas for what my first business would be. But as an avid concert goer and someone who had already started to use earplugs for concerts, I came up with the idea of Downbeats in um, 2012 when I was at a music festival. And I realized everyone, basically everyone that is a regular concert goer needs earplugs. And it's, it's relatively... Some people might get away with it and they might be able to, to not, but that's pretty rare. But mm-hmm. from a medical standpoint, if you're exposed to loud noises for an extended period of time and at a close proximity, you're going to have hearing damage. And that's just, it's a medical fact. And I had already started to experience that at the young age of 25. And that's what started me on, on the earplugs at a younger age. Uh, and I, what I really saw was there was a lack of a cool yet functional and affordable brand 
the focus on that market in particular. And that's that's really what I set out to do with Downbeats. So 2013 was really my first year. I, I left the hedge fund I was working at, and I set out to basically give myself a year. And if I couldn't pay myself by the end of that year, then I needed to go find a real job. And fortunately, uh, things really worked out. And I found that I, I actually really enjoyed being an operator much more than I expected. I could still apply a lot of the data-driven analytics that I had learned from my finance career, but I was also able to be more creative and bring things together. And that's sort of something that I've really discovered about myself is that I enjoy the, the all-encompassing aspect of, you know, there's a lot of different hats to wear, and I, mm-hmm. I really like the change-up on that. That was really the career switch. And once I kind of got into the rhythm with downbeats, I knew that, um, you know, my job then was to be a full-time entrepreneur. And what that meant was always looking for a new venture and looking for that next way to create value out of my ideas and create new companies. And that's that's really the track I've been on ever since. Let's switch gears before wrapping things up and okay. do some kind of fun, rapid-fire type questions. Okay. Are you up for it? Absolutely. Okay. So number one, what is your favorite day of the week and why? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to be pretty standard in this one and say that my favorite day of the week is, is generally Saturday. I do work a lot. Um, I do enjoy what I do. Um, but I also really enjoy leisure and I enjoy farmer's markets and, um, you know, going out to the beach and hanging out by the pool, especially during the summer. Um, and just the, the knowing that, you know, you can stay up as late as you want. I'm not tired from work from the whole week on a Friday or something like that. Um, pretty much the whole day is yours and you can stay up as late as you want. You still have Sunday to get back, get back into the mojo. Um, and you know, just kind of, kind of, it's, it's all about the leisure on Saturdays and, and I really enjoy that. Okay. Number two, what is the last TV show or movie that you've watched? So, uh, my girlfriend and I just recently finished the second season of Glow on Netflix. It's about, uh, uh, it's set in the early eighties about, a group of female wrestlers in the sort of professional wrestling. And it's, it's been a, I, I find that show really enjoyable because uh, it, it is funny, but it does also touch on some interesting social topics around uh, early feminism. Uh, there's sort of an AIDS storyline this season that was interesting. Um, but also it's that the show's really well written and very well acted and you're getting a lot of like, um, you know, pathos out of each of these characters while also just having a lot of laughs, which I which I think is a good mix of, of uh, things for my entertainment. You know, you're actually like the I think the third person that has told me about this show, and <laughs> I've seen the the trailer for it, and now I'm really really interested. I kind of like saw it there as a suggested you know title, and was totally. sort of like ah, but yeah, now I think you're the third person that told me about it. So adding it to it's, my list, it's definitely worth a watch. I mean, you know, it's I, I like that sort of mix of. It's a thirty-minute program, so you're not a huge investment on each show uh, or each episode. And then it's also got it's got laughs, but it's also got seriousness. So you're not, you know, totally watching something devoid of of uh, you know knowledge or learning or whatever. But you're still having fun while you're watching it. Definitely putting that on my ever-growing list of, of Netflix shows. There's so many <laughs> options. It's so hard to keep up. It's almost oh, overwhelming that. sometimes. I totally I totally know what you mean with that for sure. Okay, so number three, if you could only eat three foods for the rest of your life, what would they be? All right, so anyone that knows me well knows that I love steak. So uh, steak would be number one on that list. Um, you know, just a good a good piece of meat, medium rare. I'm, I'm all in every time. I'm going to sort of be 
cheeky on number two and say I'd, I'd love a salad because a that opens up a lot of different vegetable options but okay. also i i really enjoy salads obviously i started a restaurant that sells salads there's a reason for that uh, i just think it's a good balanced meal and whatever protein you're putting on it which in this case is going to be steak probably um <laughs> would uh it, it it can work so um salad would be number two okay. and you know me being me and needing a sort of focusing on a uh uh, a low carb diet, but also loving flavor. I'd say cheese, just because I I love cheese. Mm, it's uh, kind of an obsession. That is a good one. I think that would probably be one of mine too. <laughs> Never met a cheese I didn't like. <laughs> uh, it's pretty rare for me. I've met a couple, <laughs> but it's been it's been deep. I've been been deep in the depths of cheesemongering at that point. Okay, number we are number four. What is one thing that most people would never guess about you? Um, I was actually struggling with this because I think if you kind of get to know me a little bit, you'd probably be able to guess most things about me. I'm sort of an open book, but I think you just met me. Um, I, I think the thing that is uh, maybe wouldn't guess off the, off the bat is that I play a lot of different sports, and that's something that I've sort of kept with me over the years. Uh, I run in high school. My sports were cross country and wrestling. I still run a ton, and while I did a variety of mixed martial arts, post high school and um, post even post college uh, those have uh, started to take their toll a little bit in terms of uh, so moved into my 30s there's the bruises hurt a little bit more and they stay a little bit longer so I've popped it out of the con- the full contact and uh, currently I play a lot of basketball and a lot of tennis um, uh, especially during the summer and being in Chicago t- winter tennis isn't a huge option so really been getting that in lately. And then uh, for winter sports, I also love uh, skiing and snowboarding. So big fan of those as well. Well, this was awesome. This is a great conversation. Thanks again for chatting with me. And before uh, we wrap up the interview, where can people go to find out more about Square Roots Kitchen? Absolutely. So I think the number one, especially if you're looking to place an order, uh, squarerootskitchen.com. That is, again, just squarerootskitchen.com. Um, we're also on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Instagram is the full Square Roots Kitchen. Twitter is just Square Roots Kit. Uh, and also we have a Facebook page under Square Roots Kitchen as well. Um, and then uh, if you're also looking to place an order, we do have apps uh, available both on the Apple uh, Apple iTunes store as well as the Google Play and Android stores. Um, and then, of course, we are uh, if you're in the neighborhood. We're at one, our first location is at 120 South Halstead over in the West Loop of Chicago. And we're looking to expand into the loop uh, within the next year. Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this interview. If you want to check out more interviews in the Better Food Stories series, you can follow me at Audrea Greenhoff on Medium or visit AudreaGreenhoff.com. I'm also Audrea Greenhoff on Twitter and Instagram. 